Lately, I've been doing a lot of stretching out of my comfort zone. In fact, I turned an obstacle into a leap of faith just today. Now, I'm saving that as an announcement in a few weeks, though, so I'm not going to tell you the details just yet. The announcement will come at the end of the bloopers episode when this series is complete. Anyway, like I said, I've been doing a lot of stretching out of my comfort zone lately. I've noticed something. Every time I take on the challenge of the unfamiliar, three things happen. My world expands. My confidence in myself grows. And three, I realize that the dreading is usually much worse than the doing. And so it is that I want my child's world to expand. I want my child's confidence to grow. And I want her to realize that dreading hard things is often much worse than doing hard things. You see, a big part of preparing our kids to soar is helping them to spread their wings and to do new things, do things that they don't think they're capable of, and do things that make them say, wow, maybe I can do more than I thought I could. Maybe my feelings aren't the best driver of the car of my life. Maybe taking leaps of growth are even exciting and they pay off. And maybe God's plan for my life is bigger than my plan for my life. And I think I'm brave enough to stretch to get there. Let's talk about all of this today in part three of the series, Equipping Our Kids to Soar Beyond the Nest. Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Strong starts now. I am always so thankful to have Abby join me in the studio. She is my second to youngest daughter. She's a senior in high school. So she is just on the verge of being ready to leave the nest and soar. And we are in a series on equipping our kids to soar. We have been focusing on a holistic way of living, you know, where we're focused on spiritual, mental, physical, and social growth based on the verse, Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God and favor with man. Basically, God gave us that holistic living perspective right there in Luke 2.52. The word holistic, the root word holo, comes from the Greek and it means whole. So really, we are more a whole person when we are focused on all four aspects. So today, Abby is going to visit with us, and we're going to be talking about stretching out of our comfort zone, the growth that that brings, embracing challenges, and how those are good things in our lives. I'm super happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Actually, it's interesting. Every time you said the word stretching, my mind right now I'm doing college algebra, and I'm learning about <laughs> stretching graphs. And every time you said that, my mind goes to stretching graphs. So well, that sounds terrible. Bittersweet, yeah. <laughs> well, we just came from the kitchen table where we were having lunch, and we were having such a great conversation. I would love it if we could recreate it here, but I've found it never works that way. But let's talk about a couple of things that you're involved in right now, and one of them being the student leadership team at church. Tell us what the student leadership team does. We serve in the student ministry. So we will set up and tear down 
and we will serve it on the media team and just whatever needs to be done that we can serve our peers or serve the small group leaders. That's just, I think that's a really good picture of loving those around you to just serve them. I know one way that I get to benefit from the student leadership team is I greet new people. And so when a new student comes, we want to connect them with another kid their age that they can meet and, you know, help them feel comfortable and feel welcomed and things. And so I just grab a student leadership team member, and they will help connect them to someone their age, you know, in a small group for them and things. So I love that about your team. And that all stems from what mindset that your youth pastor set in you guys. To be servant leaders. Many times Jesus talked about that the way to love others is to lay down your life for them. And if you want to be greatest among you, like become the servant and the first will be last. You know, there's so many verses about how loving others well is to serve them. So how many are in your leadership team? There's about 30 and they're all students, obviously, that are in the student ministry. And for a long time, it was led by our youth pastor And when he left, he asked if me and another student would head up the team and keep the team going. Yeah, keep keep the the team going. Keep the motivation there. Keep the vision there. Keep keep the action go. Yeah, keeping them serving. So that is a pretty big leap to do, lead a leadership team. So what do you think are some things that brought that on? Why did you get chosen, do you think? (laughs) Oh, I wish I knew. (laughs) Well, I can tell you. I love serving people. And I think that I was always willing to serve others and always happy to do what I was going to do. I was always asking how I could help. And I hope that I have a reputation of excellence in everything I do, whether I think it's a small task or a big task, you know, everything builds how other people see you in in their mind. Actually, one of the things that my youth pastor taught us as a leader, everything you do speaks. So every action you take, every word you say, everything you do is being seen by others. And as a leader, it will probably be copied by others. So everything you do speaks and you need to be intentional and excellent about uh, what you do, everything you do. So in my book, Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for a Career with or Without College, one of the characteristics that I talk about in there is that every person is building their brand all the time. Each person is building their brand every day and everything they do, what we put on social media, how we treat our friends, how we treat our parents, how we communicate, how we dress, everything is part of our brand. And so learning to think about who am I going to be? And then learning to be that authentically, not just pretending to be that, but sometimes feelings, like maybe I don't feel like doing the right thing, but feelings can follow actions. So while at first I might not feel like serving, the more that I do it, the more comfortable I am with it and the more benefit I see from it. Like it is a great feeling to know I'm helping someone, right? Which really, that was something you taught us growing up. Like in second grade, when we would do a play with our co-op, you would, to like if I would say, oh my goodness, I'm so nervous, I don't want to do this. You would say, you can be nervous, but you can't let it affect whether you do the right thing or not. 
Right. Those feelings are natural to have nervous feelings, afraid, just don't want to, you know, any of those kind of feelings. But we don't want feelings to dictate our actions. Right. right. Or as, as my older sister says, feelings, they're like your kid. They need to be in the car. You don't want them in the trunk, but they can't be in the driver's seat. So we don't need to ignore them, but we also don't want them to be in charge. Yep, I like that. Let's talk about what are some things that you did that were stretching things that you did in your life before you came to this point? Like, you love this new role of being a leader of the leadership team, but you said yes to some hard things before that, that really prepared you for this. You didn't know that you were being prepared for this. But they did prepare you for that. So let's take one step back from this leadership team and something else that you are doing. And that is you created a group. And that group is called Informed Student Citizens. Mm -hmm. And what do you do with that group? And why do you do it? I started going to political meetings for our county with mom. Oh, goodness. Three or four months ago now. It's been like a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's been like a year. And we did this just to be more aware of what's going on in local government. We wanted to learn local government better. And so we decided to both get involved together just attending meetings. Yeah. So I went to those meetings with mom and I looked around and it was all... Well, let me put it this way. (laughs) I was one of the younger people there and I'm almost 50. So... Yeah, there was just no younger people at all in the county. Right. There was caring no, about what's going on. There was no young adults, much less any teenagers in the group at all. And so I was thinking, as the next generation of voters, I want to be informed about what's going on in politics. And I want my peers to be informed about what's going on in politics. And so I asked the chairman of the county group if I could start a student organization for the county, that they the students could come and just feel welcome there. Uh, because if they don't have a place, and they probably won't come. And, if they, and it's hard to understand when you're first getting into it. So if they can have someone to just explain to them what's going on. And so I started this informed student citizens group. And it is... Just 30 minutes before the regular yeah. the regular government yeah, meeting starts. Yeah, so it's starts. not a big time commitment. And right now we're just going through the First Amendment phrase by phrase and talking about the importance of knowing our rights, talking about what each of them means and relating them to current events and the historical, some history behind them. Something else you were doing before you started this group was uh, you're taking a class for Hillsdale College, which Hillsdale College offers some free online courses. If you guys don't know about them, you definitely would want to. But you're taking a Constitution 101 class, and you are using that info in leading this student informed student citizens group as well. So it's, it's sort of like you're focusing on Constitution and current events and mm-hmm. how they play together. Really, my main goal was to get them to be critical thinkers Because as the next generation of voters, like I was saying, they need to discern between what all these voices are telling them and to think, what do I believe? And that's super important just skill to have in their life. What do I believe? You know, and know why they believe it. 
So a step that we did before all of that was you participated in something called Teen Pact, which your older brother, Andrew, also did for a few years. And so can you tell them what Teen Pact is? Yeah, so it's a um, once a year camp, I guess, for students to come and learn about how your government works, local and national. You get to, oh my goodness, it's so much fun. You get to run through the legislative process. I got to write a bill and then talk about my bill and everyone in the group would vote on it like as if we were in the House of Representatives or the Senate. And you guys go through an election process yeah. and you elect people. And there was homework to do before Beforehand. the camp uh-huh. even started. That's Yeah, that's when I had to write my bill. And normally you would spend that week literally at the state capitol in the chambers doing this uh, or in some of the other rooms and part of the time in the chamber. But because this has been COVID. We just did it at a campground. Yes. And this team pact is in every state. So if you are interested about it in your state, then look it up. And I definitely would encourage you to go. It is great, like super, super good values. I I wasn't scared going into it that there would be a bunch of bad kids that I would be around. And even even if there was bad kids, the leaders are awesome. They have really high standards for who they have on staff. And so it's just a really good experience. It helps grow your faith and it really helps grow your political involvement and your interest in politics and how you look at the government system. Right. So it's not that it's an organization for kids who want to become politicians. It is to help kids become good citizens. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's, I would recommend it for everybody. All right. So another important element in all of this is what I would call a combination of self-confidence and humility. Now the service mindset that we already talked about, that's really what produces and works with humility. Humility is we we can't be an arrogant servant and truly be serving people. Mm, I uh, would say you can't be an arrogant servant and truly be loving people. You okay. can be serving them, but you can't be loving them well. Okay. And then what about the self-confidence? Everything that we've talked about here is something that you know, the, the moms are listening and they're going, that's a lot of self-confidence to start an informed student citizen group or to lead leaders of your peers. You know, how do you get there? How do you get that kind of self-confidence? <laughs> well, I definitely did not always have much confidence. Definitely like in middle school and even early high school, I was super insecure and I honestly had some identity issues and I definitely struggled with confidence. But pretty much from the beginning of middle school, I had been on the worship team and that helped with just being in front of people didn't like scare me as much as it could have because I was used to holding a microphone and like I wasn't used to talking to people on stage because I would just sing, but I was used to being in front of people. And I think that concept of the mom that you've instilled in us that everything we do builds a name for ourselves was important for me to learn how to be intentional in who I talk to and how I talk to them. And just pretty much everything I did, I knew that it was building a name for me, but also for my family. 
and the friends that I hung around, like everybody around me was affected by who I was and what I did. Can so I, I, can I yes. jump in here and say to another element before, you know, being on the praise team and you said you were used to being in front of people. One thing is we would go to a nursing home. We still go to a nursing home once a month and we've done this for years and just being around people that are not like you mm-hmm. that and, yeah. and learning to smile at them and then learning to shake their hand, you know, and, and learning to see what their needs are and try to meet those needs. You know, those have been critical. And yeah, now that we're near, it's been COVID for a year and a half, we, do nursing home differently. We're outside the glass and they're inside the glass, but we're still able to smile and hold a microphone and, and talk to them, share our testimony or sing a hymn with them. They're inside singing and we're outside singing and all of those little steps grow our confidence over time. Yeah, I would say that that was an important part of me becoming a leader because you gave me leadership of that portion of being at the rest home. Like, we would play games with him, but you said, you were like, Abby, you take over the music and then you would lead the games or whatever. So I would have to come up with music and practice music. And if things didn't go as planned, then I would have to think on my feet and tweak the system So I would suggest if you want your kid to become a better leader, give them leadership role, maybe not a big one, but something that will grow them and push them out of their comfort zone to get them thinking about the stuff that they do is important. And it really small steps from wherever they're at. So that small step might be that they start answering the front door and saying hello when you have company over, or maybe it's them making the phone call to find out the detail or have them order their food at the restaurant or have them pay for things at the, with the cashier or, you know, just all of the little ways to teach them little bitty steps of stepping out of their comfort zone and communicating, communicating with people. When I teach speech classes to kids, I I tell them, here's what we do to display confidence. Stand up straight, shoulders back, chin up, smile on your face, look them in the eye. So those different qualities of coming across as confidence also creates confidence. Mm -hmm. So the, the action of doing what feels hard and doing it anyway, and doing it literally with your body engaged in the process of confidence. Again, that is standing up straight, shoulders back, chin up, looking them in the eye and a smile on your face. Those are the characteristics of confidence. And when we display confidence, it's like we're sending the message, I believe in my message. And therefore, you can believe in my message. So whether that message is, I care about you, I am glad that I'm here at the nursing home today, or welcome to church, I'm so glad you're here, or whether it is, hey, students, let's get involved in knowing how government works so that we can start being truly citizens here. Yeah, and this process is definitely different for every kid that you have. Like, I have siblings who were not as interested in the whole outgoing communication thing, but they still, like, some of them did it anyways and to different degrees. It looked different for every single one of us. And I am 
extrovert, very extroverted and love being around people all the time. And so there were parts of this that weren't as hard for me, but there were some that were harder for me, like learning how to be a logistical planner because I hate details. And so there, there are different areas of growth for each of your kids. I don't want you to think it all has to look like how it has with me. Yeah. Now I will say my shyest of my seven kids she is now a youth pastor <laughs> and she talks in front of hundreds of people sometimes because she's also the women's ministry director at her church. So she is on stage all the time and comfortable with it now, but she was very shy before. And so I literally, when she was younger, she was so shy. She had a hard time even looking at people and for sure saying anything like hello. And I would literally take her with me on, you know, if we were going on an outing or going to the store or like I used to take her with me on appointments. And I would be like, if you will smile at each person, and if you will say hello to this many people, like, let's say three or something, I'll, I'm going to give you $3 while we're out today. You know, and so literally, that's, that's what <laughs> motivated that. her. That's what motivated her. But different things are going to motivate different kids. Mm. But it was moving her past that. Because I don't want anything, including shyness, to stand in the way of a full life for my kids. So when they have something like shyness, let's just take little baby steps, just little ones. But at the same time, let's stretch because that stretching in the long run may mean that the message that God's put in your heart, you're able to share because you were able to set aside those inhibitions. We're talking about growth and we're talking about having enough confidence, even in front of peers. And one of the things that you did once was you were asked to speak to the, okay, you're a senior. So to, I think it was the sixth graders, Yep, the sixth grade girls. And I would like for you to share a little bit about what you talked to them about, because this plays a big role as well. And mm. so maybe these mamas will want their daughters to listen to this next section of stuff. So I talked to them about comparison and I I have struggled with this and I think everyone struggles with it to some degree in every stage of their life. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but like even the moms could yeah, struggle absolutely. with this and that's okay. Like, absolutely. I mean, it's not something you want to stay in, but it's not something to be ashamed of to express to people. Yeah, the comparison game can really cause inhibitions in us. Mm -hmm. And it'll it take away your confidence and it will take away your humility because humility, part of humility is not thinking of yourself before you think of others. But if you walk into a room and think, what are they thinking about me? And like, just like comparing yourself with others, that takes away your hum humility and your confidence. So it will definitely inhibit a leader. Which Every day, throughout a day, we want to be asking, God, what do you want with my time right now? And if I'm busy comparing myself to someone else and being all inhibited by that, then I'm not able to really focus on doing whatever great thing God has called me to do. I mean, he calls us to do good works. He calls us to speak the messages that he's put into our hearts. He's called us to love on other people, you know, like build them up. It's hard to build others up when we are feeling mm, yeah. self-conscious and feeling 
like we're comparing and trying yeah. to measure up to the other yeah. people. Yeah, and you're feeling less than them. Or if you compared yourself or, and you think you're better than them, then that would inhibit you loving them too. Yeah. And so Abby spoke to a group of girls recently, and this is what she shared with them about comparison. So on the topic of comparison, one thing that I've learned about battling comparison is to pray for the people I'm comparing myself to. Usually if I pray for them to be blessed, I'm less upset when I see their blessing. I also try to see that person how God sees them, that they are treasured, valuable, and priceless. I will usually remind myself of those things too. (laughs) The girls minister at my church has taught me that my thoughts need to be filtered through the filter of Philippians 4.13, which says, the verse says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So, are the things you say about yourself in your head, are they true, lovely, noble, and right, etc.? Those things will help your comparison, like if you focus on your identity in Christ, but also how valuable the other person is, and just reminding yourself where your value lies and where that person's value lies will usually help with comparison and congratulating them where they do good and being confident where you do good. So pray for them, remind yourself of the truth, remind yourself of your identity and their identity. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as you are already doing. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Awesome. (laughs) I was listening to a parenting podcast the other day, and the podcaster was saying that he went on a vacation, he met a family at the beach, and the mom was having the unrealistic expectation for her child to politely say hello. Now, it made this podcaster really angry that a mom would put that expectation on her child. He said that if a kid is shy, let them be shy. That's who they are. Well, I was feeling frustrated at the podcaster for being frustrated. So here's my take on these things. Mom, be emotionally supportive, not nagging, not scolding, not stern. Be their biggest cheerleader and motivational coach in helping take baby steps forward out of their comfort zone toward the standard of politeness, social skills, and over time self-confidence. Don't be in a hurry. It's okay for it to be small steps, but don't ever give up on them. Help them see what they're not yet able to see in themselves. Help them see that a challenge can mean good changes. A challenge can mean your world is expanding. A challenge can mean your confidence is about to grow. A challenge can mean they are one step closer to saying yes to God's specific and amazing big picture will for their lives because they're about to step out of their comfort zone. Now, actually, that's what we're talking about next week on the podcast. We will wrap up our series on equipping our kids to soar beyond the nest by learning about identifying God's will for our kids' lives. How do we teach them to hear his voice and walk in his specific, unique, amazing plan for their lives? Join me next week right here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. And until then, 
join in the conversation on Facebook in the Intentional Mom Strong Family Facebook group. Be sure to find the post for this episode, episode 109, and give it a like or a comment so other moms will see the post. And if you really want to help me out, go to my public Facebook page, Practically Speaking Mom, and share this week's episode in a mom group that you are a part of. I always do a public post on my public Facebook page, Practically Speaking Mom, and that is shareable. Anything we do inside of our group, Intentional Mom Strong Family, that is not shareable. That way we get to be a tight and intimate community. But in the public page, Practically Speaking Mom, all of that is shareable and you can help spread the word about our podcast and our ministry, but also you can help intentional moms build strong families when you share this material. So I will see you next week.